Hey guys, this is Rob Carbone. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankee info than by listening to this podcast right here, right now. What's up? Rob Carbone coming at you here on a Wednesday night, uh, doing absolutely nothing at the moment, just watching the World Series of Poker main event, because it's always entertaining to watch that. Big poker player here. Not very good, but still a big player. Um, Yeah, so nothing to do tonight, as we just finished off the All-Star break. Um, Wrapped that whole thing up, thank God. I'm tired of that thing. I'm not a big fan of the entire... I don't know, I just got so much hype for such little meaning. I'm going to get down to business, guys. So I really, I just, I'm ready for the second half of the year to start. As I'm sure many, many other Yankee fans are, because it's been a hell of a ride. But yeah, no, I'm not, I just hate the whole four days off thing. Especially when you have like a year that the Yankees are having with with the weather. Because it feels like, feels like they're constantly being rained out for one. And you add on top of that the you know, the scheduled off days, then you you take into account we just had this whole London trip, where you know there were scheduled off days for that, for travel days, and now right afterwards we head to the All Star break with four you know four more days without baseball. So it's just it feels like this entire season for the Yankees has been one giant basketball schedule, you know, where it's play a game, take a day or three off, play two, take a day off. It's like there's never been that consistent. Ah, it's annoying. It's just annoying. But whatever. We get back to the Yanks on Friday. They have a tough schedule. Kind of, not. I would say more important than tough coming up. So here's here's what it's going to look like. It's It will be three against the Jays at Yankees. So they start off with the four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten game uh, homestand with three against the Jays, four against the Rays. You know, so you have two divisional series right off the bat. Then you go, you stay home, and you host the, they're hosting the Rockies. So the Rockies and Jays aren't that good of teams. They're not good teams, so that should be easy. But you have the Rays in between. But then after the Rockies, you have the Twins for three in Minnesota. Then you go to Fenway for four. So that's where it starts to get tougher. You know, the Twins are having a hell of a year. And I know we can all laugh and poke fun at them for always losing to the Yanks, you know, especially come playoff time. But still, they're having a hell of a year, and going there for three won't be easy. So that's going to be something interesting. Got to hope they win the series at least. Um, And Fenway for four is never easy. No matter what kind of year the Red Sox are going to have, they're always going to be a tough team to beat at that park, man. I mean, Yankees-Boston is never a joke. It's never really a blowout. Well, <laughs> I should I should take that back. But no, but it's it's you know, looking at it right now, you'll want to win that game. It's an important series just to keep them at a distance because you're never gonna feel comfortable with the Red Sox in the division. I'm never comfortable with them, no matter how much games were up, July, May, August, no matter when. So then you go then you after that, you go to Arizona for two, but then you come back home to host Boston for four more. So you're going to a spam where you're going to play Boston eight times out of ten. So that's a big, big stretch for the Yankees. Now, granted, it's not until you know a few weeks from now, but 
if, you know, if the Yankees take advantage of those eight games against Boston and say, you know, they win maybe, I don't know, five, six plus, they can put them, they can put them behind by a good margin, you know, because it'll be late enough in the season where you're not going to say, you know, it's early, you know, it, it'll be late enough in the season. Like I said, it's weeks from now. So the Yanks do some damage there. They can really put them away. They can really, you know, put them into smokes. And the same goes, it goes both ways, too. You know, if the Yankees don't capitalize and they let Boston make a little run there, then, you know, they have themselves in a three-man dogfight again. So it's it's definitely a tough, uh, definitely an important, definitely a crucial stretch of games coming up for them in a few weeks. But for now, we're just going to look at this homestand. Jays, Rays, Rockies. Hope to take these series. Give them their best. Give them their all. Yanks have had a great run so far. You can only hope they do do you know keep doing it again now that they're mostly healthy. Had a terrific, terrific first half. Talked about it last podcast, but one I I do I do want to bring uh this up. I forgot to talk about the report card. So I made a report card for a progress report. Rather, I made a progress report for the Yankees his first half of the season created the team as a unit, and also, you know, the individuals of the club. So let's go over that a few. So the way I did it is pretty straightforward. I went from A to F, you know, A grade to F. I don't think I had any Fs, but... So from A to F, um, A plus, A minus, A, all that counts... So I'll tell you into, I'll split it into sections. First I'll name the D's, first I'll name the C's, the B's, then I'll go to the A's. So we'll go from like worst impact to best impact. Alright, so let's start with my least favorite player, um, which I gave a D- to, which is uh, Edwin Encarnacion. I mean, there's not much to say really about him right now. Now, he hasn't played more than, I think he's only played 16 games, but he's batting a buck 23, not really doing much. He hits an occasional homer, striking out more than we've expected him to, but he's really just been, you know, he's a streaky power hitter, and um, right now he's on one of his cold streaks. I'm sure he'll get hot, but I'm not really expecting it to change. I'm expecting it to be cold hot cold hot from him because that's who he's been for the majority of his career and um I think I spoke on it before I'm not really a big fan of the trade just because the way the Yankees are doing things this season has kind of been the opposite of the player Encarnacion is you know they're trying to be more hitters for average hitters for consistency putting the bat to the ball hitting it into the gap not just not just being home run or nothing so they're kind of playing the opposite of who he is. So he doesn't really fit this team, in my opinion. He's very 2018-ish, you know. So he hasn't really been great so far. I give him a D minus because how could you give him anything better? I mean, not really, not really much to say about him. So we move on to the C's. I only have two guys in the C's. Now I'm only I'm only uh, ranking the uh, healthy players. For the most part, I'm only yeah I'm only aside from Voight, who's currently injured, but I'm only I'm only doing the healthy players. 
All right, so we'll start. We'll go to the C's, and that's Austin Romine with a flat C, a straight C. Uh, you know, he's been a good, you know, solid, okay backup catcher. You know, nothing extraordinary, but nothing terrible. Again, not much to say on Austin Romine. He puts the bat in, uh, he puts the ball in play when he's supposed to. He's always been a good hitter with men on base, so you gotta give him credit there. That's why he's got 16 RBIs in limited time. So the good thing about him, you know, he's you know clutch hitter, okay defense. You know, he's 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 a typical backup catcher. He's you know he's eh. So a C for Roman. He's done a nice job. Then a C plus. I gave a D.D. Gregorius a C plus. You know, because he's been extremely, extremely streaky since coming back. He's had some hot stretches where he's had multi-hit games in a row. Then he's got, you know, a couple of 0 for 8s in between. So he's kind of been back and forth. C+. Plus. Hitting for average right now. Getting the homers. The homers are starting to come. Got some RBIs. But the on-base is extremely low. You know, he's never going to be a big walks guy, but you do want to see the on-base higher than 298. So that's kind of a big reason why he's getting the C plus from me. But again, it's early, small sample size. Got to let the guy play. And, you know, he's played good defense, too. So he's played very good shortstop, which is, you know, that's the usual Gregorius we're used to seeing. Now we get into the uh, the B category, where I have a few people here. Let's see. We'll start with the B minus, which two people I gave a B minus, and there are two outfielders. Um, this might be too too generous. You could argue that both of these guys are C plus instead of B minus, but you know, close enough. For now, I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm in a good mood. So, I gave Brett Gardner and Aaron Hicks both B minuses. Uh, each of them have been on a tear lately, especially Gardner. Actually, both really, especially both. Um, Gardner's been hitting home runs. For the Yankees, been getting good, good hits and good opportunities, and big opportunities. Uh, Aaron Hicks, same thing, been clutch as hell. Hit that big homer the other night in Tampa. Um, he's been getting big hits. He's starting to come around. Uh, hadn't had a seven-game hit streak before before it was snapped heading into the to the break. So I gave both of them a B minus. Like I said, could you know you could argue with me and. I understand if it's too generous. You know, you could tell me it's a C plus. I probably agree with that too. But they've been better of late. They've got their numbers up to respectability. Neither of their averages are that good, but everything else, power wise, on base wise, it seems it's better. You know, it's productive. So for now, they sit at B minus. Then I don't have any Bs, no flat Bs, but I have B pluses for Gio Rochella and Gary Sanchez. I guess we can start with Gary. Um, now, Gary, I had just last month, because I do this every month. I make a progress report every month. So last month, at the end of June, I had Gary hitting. He hit the A. I think he was an A- minus or an A. He was a flat A. But he's all the way down to a B plus now because he's in a slide where, you know, he's just not hitting anything. He's kind of back into slugger mode you know the Gary we saw last year was just trying to pull everything and just trying to hit home runs and didn't really bring a healthy approach to the plate that's kind of what we're seeing right now these past few weeks from Gary Sanchez you know 
tugging the ball too much, chasing out of the zone, down to 245 with the average. So definitely want to see that get back up, you know, at least to the upper 250s, back to 260 where he's been hovering all year. But again, everything else is there. So you like that. The home runs are ridiculous. The power is all there, man. 24 homers, um, a bunch of RBIs, OPS, you know, near 900. He's having a terrific power season. You just want to see him be a little more consistent with the bat in terms of, you know, hitting the ball on a consistent basis. But B-plus is not not too bad. And, again, you got to also remember he's been a much better catcher this year. He was a disaster in the previous seasons. But Gary Sanchez has turned it around this year. And I think he's actually a positive impact catcher. I'm not even saying he's been average. I think he's been a little better than average this year. You could tell me that Gary Sanchez has been a slightly above average defensive catcher this year. And I I probably agree with you because his arm has been ridiculous. He's throwing runners out left and right. Him and Glaber have just an excellent combo, you know, throw and tag. But... You know, his arm's good. He's been blocking balls much better this season. Much better job moving behind the plate. So, you know, you take his all-around, you know, you look at everything. And I give him a B-plus because I think that's what he deserves at the moment. Let's move on to uh, Geo. Also a B-plus because this guy's been so consistent all season. And you got to respect it on both ends. you got to respect it because he's been getting sporadic playing time. Started earlier in the year, didn't play every day. Then he played every day for a while with all the injuries. Now he's back to being a you know a piece coming off the bench, where he's you know whether it's a pinch hit or a spot start here and there, and he's doing his damn job, man. Still hitting over three hundred, still has an OPS in the eight hundreds, still playing very good defense despite what the analytics say. Um, <laughs> no, he's been good. He's been very strong all season. Consistency is my favorite, and that's what Gio has been. So B plus for him. Now we're getting more. Now we're going to get to the A's, the A categories. Let's start with the lower class of the A's, the A minuses. I gave A minuses to Luke Voigt and Aaron Judge. <clears throat> so um, I guess we'll start with Judge. Now, Judge obviously hasn't been playing the entire season. You know, so Robert, how could you give him an A minus if he hasn't played the entire year? Well, because during his time out there, he's played like an A minus player. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, he's getting on base still. You know, has an op- an on base near 400 or at. Not necessarily sure at the moment. Not looking up his numbers, but it's near 400. I know he's hitting 271, so he's still hitting for average despite the recent slump. Um, Yeah, no, Judge has been great. Hitting the homers. Producing runs. Getting on base. Walking despite the strikeouts. Still doing everything productive offensively. Playing gold glove defense out in right field. So he's got an A- minus for me. He's been spectacular. Glad to have him back. Just stay healthy. Just stay healthy, man. Just this one time. <laughs> so, no, he's got an A-. minus, And Luke Voigt definitely has an A- minus too because he's been playing terrific baseball. Actually, I like to compare him to Judge because he's been the same type of player in that aspect. Offensively, at least. You know, the defense is kind of average. Better, but still average. But offensively, he reminds me of Judge because he's bringing the power and he's bringing the plate discipline despite the strikeouts. You know, he's got an excellent eye. Impeccable up there. Always getting on base every game. Hits near the top of the order. 
You know, so he's kind of that same type of power, discipline, bat, where he's going to give you a reliable presence. So he's he's going to get the A- minus from me as well. But then you get to the upper echelon of the A's. I gave Glaber Torres a flat A, a straight A there, because, well, I think he's having an amazing year. And some somehow I feel like it's... I've said it before, but somehow I feel like he's been flying under the radar. Kid's hitting 292. Again, I'm not looking these numbers up, just the top of my head. But 292. His on-base is somewhere near 360. Um, the OPS is 888, if I can recall. 19 home runs. I mean, he's playing great defense on the side. He's been great, man. Glaber's been clutch. He's been disciplined. He's been consistent. Just That's the word, again, with him. So many of these Yankees have been consistent. And he's, again, one of those guys where he's going to put the bat to the ball when he needs to. Just like a lot of the other ones, man. They That's why the Yankees are succeeding this year. Because of guys like Labor and you know so on who know how to hit in those spots. Or they didn't know how to do that last year. But this year, big, big difference. So Labor gets uh, an A for me. And I'm pretty sure everyone in the world knows who gets the... Uh, the A plus on the team. Now I usually don't hand out A pluses like this. I'm a tough grader, but DJ LeMayhew, DJ LeMayhew has been the, not A, the key to the Yankees this season. I talked about it last podcast, probably the one before that, but real briefly, I just want to praise him once again because you want to talk about value. Well. That's your value right there. You take DJ out of this lineup, and the Yankees, there's a good chance the Yankees play the way they did last year, where it's that same tired home run, strikeout, walk approach every single game, you know, where it's just not going to be exciting. You're not going to see the hit by hit. You're not going to see the two outs with the runners in scoring position double in the gap or something like that. You're not going to see that. Without DJ. And now he's bringing that. You know, everything the analytics say isn't valuable, he's doing. Which is why I love him. Because he's hitting in the clutch. He's hitting for average. He's making contact. Three things right there that the nerds hate. (laughs) They hate clutch. They hate putting the bat to the ball. And they hate batting average. And that's the three things that DJ does. And those are the three reasons why he's been the Yankees' MVP this season. So that's why I gave him an A+. And don't forget, his defense has been also very, very good. Gold glove caliber. And again, despite that bullshit analytic defensive run save, UZR, whatever the hell it tells you about his defense, don't believe it for one minute because he's been elite over there, man. Third base, second base, first base. He's been great all year. So yeah, that's that. That's all the grades I have for the for the bats. Now, for the pitching, I didn't really separate it into individual players. I just have starting rotation and bullpen. Uh, both are in the B category. Starting pitching, I gave a B-. minus. You know, because it's been good, but it hasn't been great. Not great at all. They've had good stretches. They've had bad stretches. They've had ugly stretches. So, overall, I think you can translate that into a B-. minus. Three guys on the rotation. Three guys on the staff. Three of the five pitchers in the staff have an ERA above four. Don't like seeing that. 
And the two guys, Tanaka and Herman, with ERAs below four, have ERAs above 350. So there's not been that one great consistent pitcher all year for the Yankees. Now, Herman has, you know, the ERAs kind of, with Herman, the ERAs kind of skewed because he's had a couple of really, really shitty outings, which has bloated that, you know, has ballooned it up a bit. But still, you don't really know what you're going to get from him going forward because he's a prospect at the end of the day. So that's kind of why I give him the B minus. Lack of of reliability at the moment. You know, we're all hoping they get some big starters at the deadline. Preferably two, because I don't think one's going to be a difference maker unless his name is Max Scherzer or Luis Castillo. But two options right there were probably not even options. So, But yeah, let's hope they improve that staff because it needs some big time help. But on the other hand, the bullpen has also been... It's, the bullpen's been better, but it's it's been good. I give the bullpen a B, a flat B, because... Now, this is probably low to a lot of Yankee fans listening to this, but I don't know, just watching them this year, it, it feels like they've had good stretches and they've had bad stretches. You know, it doesn't really feel like they've had they've been consistent from game one. So, you know, while it's not been bad, I think it's been very good, but... Very good is as far as I'll go. I won't overrate them like half the fan base will have you believe and call them this greatest bullpen of all time. No, I will not call them that. Not even close. They have an ERA of four. They have the 10th best ERA um, of all the bullpens in baseball. So that doesn't scream best of all time. Then it isn't even the best of the year. And, you know, I don't know, four? I don't think that's that good. They've had great performances from certain individuals, but altogether, you know, not the most consistent for a bullpen as hyped up as they are. This is kind of the case with them every year, too. I always feel like they're good, but always overrated. But, you know, a B's not bad. Let's not make let's not make a B sound like it's a terrible grade. A B's a good grade. So I give the bullpen a B, rotation a B minus, and that's all I got. The Yanks as a team, I gave an A, uh, you know, once again, a flat A. Because you really can't complain at the end of the day. They're, what are they, 57 and 31? I mean, they've been spectacular. Winning two out of three. That's what that is. 57 and 31 is a 66% win percentage or close to that. Which means they've won two out of every three games. Spectacular. Best team in the American League record-wise. Could make a case that with pitching, with better starting pitching, they will be the clear-cut best team in the league. Now, it has to happen first. They got to go get those guys, but you could definitely make a case. So, yeah, that's all I got right now. I think it's a pretty fair report card. Didn't go, you know, wasn't too strict, wasn't too easy. I think I was pretty, you know, pretty balanced with my, uh, pretty fair with my judgment. That's all I got in the Yankees. I think we talked about them enough. I do want to touch on the Knicks a little bit, just a little bit, because I'll get depressed if I talk about them for more than a couple of minutes. Um, so the Knicks really haven't changed much since the last time I talked. They've done a couple more small term, you know, small deals, these one-on-ones where they're signing players to team options. They're currently reworking the uh, the Reggie Bullock deal. I don't really know much about that. I don't really care because it's Reggie Bullock. <laughs> so I, I haven't really paid much attention to that. But it has something to do with 
trying to also acquire Marcus Smart. And I like Marcus Smart. I think he's a tough, gritty player who'd fit well in New York. He's got a New York attitude to him. And also it would just be awesome just to see him stick it to the Celtics. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I like Marcus Smart. If they can sign him, that'd be a fun little thing. Good good veteran presence on the team like this as well. So we'll see. I think he's a veteran, right? Yeah. But that's pretty much all the news on them. Like I said, though, I want to see this team just compete, man. I'm just tired of the tanking. I'm tired of the rebuild thing. And after this whole Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard thing, it's just been one big disappointment because you see them now on these other teams, especially the friggin' Nets. I hate the friggin' Nets. Oh, I can't stand the Nets. And now I have to watch them you know, brag about having KD, Kyrie. Now the Clippers have Kawhi and George and the Knicks are left with nothing but Julius Randle and some role-playing role-playing rejects, really, is what they are. So, yeah. You want to see them compete next year, though. Because you can't possibly tell me that the team they had out there last year was supposed to win 17 games. I'm sorry. You could tell me, you know, all you want about the Knicks sucking because, you know, they have no talent or whatever, but no team, and I'm talking, I'm saying no team. I'm talking about all 30 teams. There should be nobody. Nobody in the NBA should have a 17-win season. I'm sorry. Why? Well, for one, half of the game is effort. You know, playing defense is all effort. So, So to win 17 games... It's just a pathetic joke, no matter who you have out there. And you can even look at that roster, and I really can't tell you that that's a 17-win roster. Now, I'm not saying it's a great roster, not even saying it's a very good roster, not even saying it's a decent roster, but it definitely is damn well should be better than a 17-win roster. Mitchell Robinson, Alonzo Trier, Damian Dotson, you know, Kadeem Allen, uh, now you're adding guys like Julius Randle, Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, that should not win 17 games. Okay? Now I'm going to ask the Knicks to do do a little challenge for me this year. Can you win? Are you ready for this? Can the Knicks in 2019-2020 win double that? So that's 32. Can the Knicks win 30 to 35 games this year? Is that too much to ask? Because really, it's um, they should. That's what they. I'm telling you, man. You compete every night like the Brook, and I hate to bring the Brooklyn Nets into this again because I hate them. But if you do what they did last year and stay in every game, quarter one to four, game one to six to, to uh, one to eighty two. If you can do that and be a competitor, a competitor every night, and be resilient, kind of like the, how the Knicks were earlier in the year. If you can do that throughout the entire year. I would like to see 30, 35 wins. You know, give me a season like the Charlotte Hornets just had. Where they had a bunch of young players. They played the young players. Fisdale, they played all their young players. Fisdale. Okay? They played their young players. And they competed. And, you know, they were inconsistent. But it was better than being consistently bad. You know, the Hornets went out and won 39 games. So can the Knicks do something similar 
where they can just hover around 30 to 35 wins this year, hover around, hover just under 500, not even, you know, you know, 30, 35 wins isn't even under five. It's way under 500, but it's better than 17. Can you be competitive is all I'm asking, man, because this is just annoying. Every year, not only are we watching just a rebuilding team, we're watching a tanking team, man. So I don't want to go through that whole process again. So this is going to be it for David Fisdale. This year, this is the year where Fisdale is going to have, you know, he's not going to have that excuse anymore where, oh, okay, he's, he's a new coach on a new team. You know, no, no. Fisdale, this is your second year with the Knicks now, man. Show, show us that they're improving, you know. 17-win team is not going to be an improvement. Show us they're legitimately improving by getting your team to win 30-plus games. Preferably 35, you know, near that. near that. Show us that you can at least be competent out there. That's what I want to see. That's what I hope David Fisdale has for the Knicks this year. And, you know, I just... Yeah, don't suck. All right, I'm going to end on that. Don't suck, Knicks. All right. Don't suck, Knicks. Keep it up, Yanks. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for stopping by. That'll be it for me. I will see you all on Saturday. All right, ciao.